all of a sudden, the cast of Matrix walks past. I was just like, whoa. Welcome to Push In, the Cinevic Podcast. I'm your host, Joyce Klein, coming to you from the unceded territory of the Lekwungen-speaking peoples, otherwise known as beautiful Victoria, British Columbia, Canada. Once a year, I get the chance to interview some of the filmmakers from far-flung regions of the globe whose work will screen in Cinevic's 2022 Short Circuit Pacific Rim Film Festival. Today, I'm especially excited to introduce a filmmaker with over 20 years' experience as a gaffer, powering epic films including Evil Dead, King Kong, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Sword of Destiny, and Power of the Dog. Joining me from across the Pacific to chat about his beautiful short film, A Morning with Aroha, is New Zealand filmmaker Nicholas Rini. Welcome to Push In, Nick. Amazing to be here. Scene one. How did you get started in film? 1998. I was in Sydney, Australia with some friends. And we were just walking through Sydney. Uh, we sort of saw a whole bunch of people milling around in front of us. And then a secu- security guard stopped us. You know, you can't come here. You just hold up. And we were, oh, yes, whatever. Um, all of a sudden, uh, Keanu Reeves walks past. The cast of uh, Matrix walks past. I was just like, whoa hang on a second, what's going on here? And I just saw everything happening. Everything was happening around me. And I was like, that is what I want to do with my life. That is, that is it. Scene two. I know you have a Maori background and I'm wondering what part does fantasy play in storytelling? For the Maori culture, we have a a strong connection to, I guess what, what we would call, normally call a myth or a legend it's sort of it's it's part of our world. Atua that we believe in, the gods that we believe in, are all elemental. They're the creators of the world. So I think for me as a filmmaker in fantasy, it's continuing in that. See, our, our, our I guess our tipuna or our, our ancestors believed in this world, and they would share this world orally through throughout history. And then once you sort of get colonized, those elements are taken away from you and, you know, you only follow one God and so forth and so on um, without getting too religious about this all. Um, So for me as a filmmaker, I wanted to go back to that way of storytelling and to make it interesting for our children of today or or the, the audience of today. I, I felt that fantasy was a way of introducing that as well as, as telling a really entertaining story. In your filmmaker statement, you mentioned that you and your collaborator, Diana Bainton, are parents of a child with special needs. How did that influence your choice of story and how you decided to tell it? My wife and I have a daughter. She has Soto syndrome. Basically, she grows really, really quickly. I guess the misconception with society is that she's older than what she looks like. There's lots of trials and tribulations that we sort of have to go through. Lots of judgments, you know, especially when she throws tantrums. Um, It's sort of this young lady that looks like a 16-year-old but is maybe psychologically seven can be quite unusual, I guess. And this whole story came from bullying. Yeah, she was at school, she was getting bullied, 
and she was really upset. We brought her home from school, sort of set her down and, and just try to explain to her um, uh, just that, you know, sometimes people are mean because, you know, they don't have the right upbringing at home or they don't have the support they need at school or at home. And then the next day before she was going to school, she was gathering all her old toys, all some artwork that she, was, she had drawn and she was packing it in the school bag. We sort of couldn't figure out what she was doing with it. So, you know, we sat her down again. What are you doing? What, what, what's going on with this? And she said, well, if I take this to school and give it to the bullies, then maybe they'll be happy and they won't be as angry with me. So, you know, we can be friends then. And that's kind of where this story came about. Scene three. That brings me to the issue of casting, because your Aroha is an amazing child, so charismatic with, I guess, Down syndrome? Down syndrome, yeah. Tell me about what it was like casting that part. I had originally wrote it with our daughter, Daisy Bell, in mind. She had told my wife and I that she wanted to be Aroha. And then a couple of months out from shooting, she changed her mind and said, no, Daddy, I don't want to do that anymore. I want to be director. So you play Aroha and I'll be the director. It was about six weeks out before we, we decided to shoot that. I think I was in the hunting and fishing store and was probably buying bait or something like that to go fishing. And um, all of a sudden I heard this yelling behind me and I sort of just turned around and here's Iti Ponamu on one side of the store yelling at her parents. She wanted to buy something. She, there was a new jacket there or something she wanted to buy and um, she was yelling at through the store at her parents for them to come back and, and talk to her about it and discuss it. And I thought, well, that, so I just approached her parents in the store and said, hey, look, I'm going to shoot a film and, and would love it if you guys, you know, come and talk to me about it some more. And they were, they were really supportive. She had great um, supportive parents. And after that, we sort of had a couple of meetings and um, we cut, had, had a couple of rehearsal days. You know, we knew with, um, especially with Daisy Bell, um, that her capacity to focus was quite narrow, you know. So we sort of knew that we'd have limited time with um, Itzi Ponamu to rehearse. So we did, you know, a couple of hour stints every day, which went really well. We were really, really happy with how the rehearsals went. And then it came to shooting. <laughs> she was bored of me by then. She challenged me every day on everything I asked her to do. Um, oh, no. Again, we had her parents there, so they they supported me. And, and, you know, basically I just had to adapt. The way I spoke to her, I just had to adapt it and give her breaks, you know, and say, well, this time we're just going to do this. And then and she would go off on a little bit of a tangent. So either I would have to leave that tangent in there or I would, you know, it's just, just you know, just those little moves to, to get her back on track. But yeah, it was a challenge. It was there was days where she, you know, we just kind of just let her go for it and and see what gems would come out of it, especially with the art. You know, letting her do the art and all that sort of stuff. We kind of just let her go there. But there was days where I would have to pick her up and run down the street and go, okay, we've got to do this again. And then she'd go off somewhere else, and I run down the street and pick her up and go back. So there was lots of work to do for me. Yeah, but it was so much fun. I mean, you know, it was so much fun. I, I'd do it again in a heartbeat. Absolutely. Has she seen it? She has, yeah, yeah. She was she was not interested at all. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. She was more interested in the cookies. Scene four. 
I saw your budget was 5,000 New Zealand dollars. That's like 4,200 yeah. Canadian. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty tight. Yeah. Uh, we, you know, we had a lot of love from our cast and crew and everybody, everybody worked really hard for, for next to nothing. Um, we spent a lot of money on food and coffee, you know? <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was, I'm, I'm really, really happy uh, with what, what we achieved with the money that we had. And, and I think my wife was really happy as well that, you know, we didn't dig it into our own pockets too much as well. So oh, no kidding. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Anything in particular, an aspect that you were proudest of about the film? The fact that we had probably 99% local crew and cast, probably 95% were indigenous. The fact that I completed it, everything about it. I mean, uh, we had, you know, even to this day, I see a, a crew member or a cast member down the street, you know, they're saying, well, we had so much fun and people having fun on film sets, that's, that's, that's amazing for me. I, I really enjoy that. Thank you so much, Nick, for joining us and thanks for your lovely film. Thanks for having me. Tail Slate. If you want to watch A Morning with Aroha, Cinevic's 10th annual Short Circuit Pacific Rim Film Festival is rolling with 50 short films from Canada, the US, Singapore, New Zealand, Taiwan, Australia, and more in a full week of screenings and events, either in person at Victoria's Vic Theatre, May 1 through 7, or online from May 8th to the 31st. To get tickets, check the link in the show notes. And that's a wrap. Join me, your host, Joyce Klein, for the next episode of Push In, the Cinevic Podcast.